it was like, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to do this at the next level. It's been fun. I'm going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. As a high schooler, Jared Wickerham became familiar with this tug. It wasn't an all-the-time tug. It wasn't a bad tug. It was the kind of tug that was trying to tell him that there were multiple things he enjoyed doing. It was always a struggle between wanting to play um, soccer and wanting to sit the bench and shoot photos. Um, you know, my coach would always give me a hard time about that. Jared had always been a solid athlete. Like a lot of American kids, he grew up playing and trying out a few different sports. But eventually, he found his fit. Growing up as an only child, I think I always wanted that team element. And skateboarding was kind of this little traveling family. I mean, no matter where you went, if you were, if you had a skateboard in your hand, no matter what new town or city you were in, um, you know, you were immediately friends with anybody who did the same thing as you. And soccer did that for me. You know, I moved around a lot as a kid. I grew up, I was born in Western Pennsylvania, lived in Western New York, and then went to high school outside of Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, I had kind of, um, soccer was kind of the first thing to, to really, you know, cement me in a community with a group of friends. And so it just kind of, uh, it was the one thing that kind of worked out for me and I stuck with. So not long after Jared fell in love with skateboarding and soccer, he discovered a particular talent off the field and board. It happened in the summer after sixth grade. His grandparents had put him and his cousin Stacy in a college for kids summer program just down the road from where they lived in Pittsburgh. And one of the classes that we took was photography. So it was all film. We essentially were, you know, just photographing on the grounds of the campus. So it was a lot of flowers and nature and, and whatever was around us. Um, but at least we learned the technical aspects of it. That elementary training set him on a path. When he got injured skateboarding and ended up on crutches for a bit, photography was a way for him to stay connected to the things he loved doing. And then I just sort of took that into, you know, when I wanted to photograph my friends or, or just do, do something with my friends when I was on crutches. It just kind of made sense. I was like, oh, well, I know how to do that. I should just go buy a camera and and document it so um so yeah that was kind of the the beginning for me jared was young but he was already good and it didn't take long before others started to see that talent in him we had a kid whose uh name was tieran klein and he was a skateboarder in our town um, outside of columbus and he was incredibly good and uh, you know, he was doing things that the rest of us would only dream of, of attempting. And so he was, I believe, flow, skating flow for uh, uh, a company out of Dayton. 
Um, I don't think it exists anymore, but I took a, this photo of him and they put it on their website and I was probably um, maybe 13. I think he was like 11. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, you know, they didn't pay me for it. They didn't even ask my permission, but at, at the age of 13, I thought, wow, like this company wants to publish this photo and put it on their website. And that brings us right around to that tug I talked about at the top of the show. Jared gets to high school. He's playing varsity soccer. He's a starting defender. And he gets to thinking about where he wants to go to college. So he turns to that tug, looks at both these parts of him, being a competitive athlete, and being a photographer, and he kind of makes a choice, a logic-based choice to wrap up and pack up his time as a student athlete. It was like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do this at the next level. It's been fun. Um, I've been maybe slightly better than average at it. At least I'm, you know, at least I'm starting and, and having a good time. So, so yeah, when I, when I, you know, was applying for all of these colleges, I really just wanted a place that would help me hone my technical skills. And, you know, I just assumed this would be the next best thing to, to playing sports, right. Is, is working in something that I understand that, um, a world that I know and, you know, want to, want to kind of show my own, you know, vision with. Jared ends up going to school at the Art Institute in Pittsburgh, where he fully leans in to sports photography. It's a specialty he loves because of his own background and personal interests, of course, but also from an art perspective because of its creative potential. Not that long ago, a lot of sports photography was just kind of straightforward action on the field kind of stuff. I mean, you still see... You know, there were a lot of um, photos in the past that still resonate, but for the most part, a lot of the photography was just straightforward action, you know, trading card style, um, head to toe. And I really wanted to bring an element of storytelling to sports photography. So that's always, those types of assignments have always been kind of my favorite. And, and that's what I try and bring when I do, um, you know, various tennis tournaments or sporting events, you know, it's not just the peak action photo, but, you know, what's going on off the field, what's, um, you know, use the mentality of go early, stay late, um, you know, which I learned playing soccer and apply it to photography. And, and, you know, you'd be surprised at what moment you might find. During college, he interned with Getty Images and after graduating, spent a few years there as a full-time staff photographer in Boston, shooting the Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox. For over a decade now, though, it's his freelance business that has really flourished. Jared has shot photos for ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Players Tribune. He's done work for the Steelers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's, it's kind of you know, whenever the phone rings, uh, whoever calls, whoever emails, um, and, you know, it's a lot of the work is just trying to find people and clients who value, value you and mm -hmm. who, um, 
you know, are, are people you want to work with. Jared has also established a reputation as one of the best, most prolific photographers in a sport that has totally caught him off guard in the most beautiful way possible. And this has definitely become a, a one that I love that had you asked me that in high school or in college, I, you know, probably would have laughed at you um, because I knew nothing about it. I had never photographed high school tennis. Um, I had never really played tennis. But when I interned for Getty Images in New York City um, in 2009, I was living in Queens and I was there during the U.S. Open. So I ended up working the U.S. Open and kind of just fell in love with it. He's become a staple at many major tennis tournaments over the years. He loves the unique opportunity the sport presents as a photographer. You know, you don't have this kind of PR bubble like you may around a team or a league. Um, certainly you have the, the governing bodies of the ATP and the WTA that run the men and the women's side. But really it's just these individual, you know, athletes who are in charge of, um, you know, their brand. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's such a small group of people. And um, it's nice that no matter what tournament you go to, you see a lot of the same faces, whether it's the, the, the players themselves or trainers or, or um, PR people, writers, uh, journalists, it's, it's a pretty small group. So going into this conversation with Jared, I had two things sort of constantly floating for me. The first one is this. And all right, this first one might be a little existential, but are people just born with a sense of what looks good? Like I've been struggling with this really my whole life, but we'll say recently as someone who just moved into a new apartment that needs decorating as someone who has spent her pretty much her entire existence in soccer shirts and shorts and has a partner who knows fashion, knows how to dress well. Like how much can you teach this stuff? How much is innate? Now Jared spoke on that, his personal experience with having a sense of what looks good when he's behind the camera. Aside from being an only child, I also, uh, you know, definitely had, um, you know, some some OCD uh, growing up as a kid. And so, you know, that manifested in, in a bunch of different ways, I think. But uh, I think it sort of helped my photography in some ways, mm. at least uh, at least initially, because working for a wire agency like Getty Images or you know, covering sports, you want clean backgrounds, right? You don't want distracting elements in your photographs. Um, you know, so I think that helped me immediately kind of uh, become a better photo editor because I'm able to look through 2000 photographs and, you know, and, and kind of decide what's good and what's not. And, and even just while looking through the camera, realizing, oh, I'm in the wrong spot. This is, this is way too busy of a background. The light's better over here than it is over here. Um, so, yeah, I think I think part of that just kind of comes with time and and um, having a, a understanding of light and what's possible. Um, 
you know, working an event, the human eye is going to see the highlights and the shadows, but knowing what your camera, you know, could potentially, could potentially see if you expose for the highlight on the player, you know, a a rim light around them or their hair or whatever it might be, um, I think can really help. And, you know, as a freelancer, you have to be, you know, a a fairly good photo editor of your own images too, which is, it's always a struggle because um, other photo editors are going to interpret your photos differently. So, um, you know, working something like a tennis tournament where you have a photo editor um, can be really great because it allows, you know, they're seeing your work a little bit differently. They may put a different crop on your photo. They may, they may tone your photo slightly differently. And that kind of allows you to expand how you see things. And the other floating thing, pulling back to the through line of this podcast and thinking in general about sports photographers who are former athletes, I couldn't help but wonder how playing sports impacted one's ability behind the camera. Are folks like Jared more intuitive, more instinctual when it comes to capturing this subject because of their athletic experience? Jared thinks, sort of, having that athlete identity and history is kind of helpful in terms of physical qualities and mental muscles built up via playing sports. Even if it's just the basic uh, skill of reacting quickly, um, even if it's a sport you don't know. Um, But working, you know, watching the Steelers growing up, you know, some of those players are still on that team, you know, and so knowing teams tendencies, players tendencies, um, and kind of being ready for certain things can, can help and and help you anticipate things. I think even just being able to get out of the way of, 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 you know, some player barreling down the sideline at you and picking up your gear and getting out of the way, uh, can be useful too. And then there's the visual. For Jared, the benefit of being immersed in sports visuals harkens back to those days when he was just taking pictures of his friends at the skate park. Even skateboarding, you know, even the imagery of skateboarding was, I think, a huge influence on my sports photography because within skateboard photography, you always want to show where the athlete or the skater started you want to hit them at their peak in the middle of their trick, whether that's, you know, down a rail or, you know, over a big set of stairs. And you always want to show where they're landing, you know, within football and other things, sometimes you want this really tight photograph, but for skateboarding, you want to show the whole scene, but you still need it to be clean and, you know, not distracting. So I think I took some of that and applied that to my sports photography now. Jared also recognizes that the quality of knowing sports, playing sports, loving sports, being a fan, and then going into sports photography, it can also be a kind of strange or even difficult part of being in the field. I think uh, there's always a little bit of, um, in the beginning, you know, you're, you are sort of a fan of the sport or the team or what have you, and, and so you're going to be a little bit in awe of where you are. Um, but I think that the part of, you know, being an athlete or being a former athlete can really help because, um, 
I think you can more easily kind of turn that off and, and realize that, you know, for these people on the field, it's, it's a profession. And for you, you know, it's, it's turning into that or it is already. So I think you can uh, maybe a little bit more easily um, go into that headspace and realize that your job, um, you know, at least in my case is to document history. And so then you realize that, you know, yeah, me being on the field is, is really not all that big of a deal. Um, and if I'm given the privilege of being here in this position, then I need to do something with it. I need to, um, make images that people remember and, um, you know, I, I can't just, you know, if, if you're someone who just wants to be on the sideline just because it's a it's a free ticket to the game, um, you know, that's that's not the way to do it. It's, you know, we were kind of gifted that opportunity to be there. So, um, you know, take advantage of it. And while there is no doubting that Jared's job is very cool, it certainly has its frustrating and demoralizing aspects that people aren't always super aware of like um the constant rejection <laughs> um as it is being an athlete right you're always you know there were teams that you didn't make there were club teams you didn't make there were goals you didn't score there were um shots you didn't block so the same goes for um for really any career in you know journalism or in sports sometimes the timing isn't always right. So you really just gotta um, be persistent, send a lot of emails. Uh, there were, you know, I had a story I was quite proud of a number of years ago and I couldn't get anybody to pick it up. I had emailed and called everybody, people I knew, um, people I trusted, and it just, it just went nowhere. And then I ended up working for a small local publication and um, they allowed me the opportunity to go finish this project the way I wanted to. And um, we ended up winning uh, an award for it, doing a Polaroid project um, on the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, you know, it's um, you definitely have to be OK with rejection. And, you know, being an independent person, I think, helps. So you got to, um, you know, so much of it is a lot of people now are really going freelance for the most part. Um, there's fewer and fewer full-time staff positions available. So being confident in your abilities and, you know, also being good at the business side because you need to handle your finances and your taxes and, you know, know how much money you're making and how much money is, you know, how much money you're spending and, and understanding all that. So the, the business aspect is a huge learning curve, I think, for a lot of people that, um, maybe goes underappreciated. When he's not documenting history from stands and sidelines around the country, Jared finds time to play rec league soccer in Pittsburgh. Just like when he was in high school, holding it down in the back line for his varsity team, one specific skill continues to give him an edge. Speed has been my only skill. And so um, when I lose that, I will be, um, I'll be in a rough place. I think, um, even, even photographing Steeler games, there's the, uh, you know, always the, 
the photo of the two quarterbacks shaking hands or the two coaches shaking hands, right? And it's whoever can get to the middle of the field first. Well, you know, I take that as a challenge every Sunday, you know? Okay, well, at least I know I'll be the first one there. So uh, those skills still come in handy even, even when working, I guess. To check out more of those fleeting action shots Jared has raced, paced, and crouched to get, visit wickphotography.com. Thank you to Jared for coming onto the podcast, and thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.